This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast is sponsored by Siberia Bar and Hotel on Bellman Street, Aberdeen. Located only 30 seconds walk away from the nearest bus stop, taking supporters to Pataudry for free on match days. Siberia Bar and Hotel is open seven days a week, all year round, and get fired in with our exclusive discounts. Head to the bar and quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pound of Foster's, a £4 for a pint of Moretti or Dark Fruits, or £5 for a pint of Fierce or a Daiquiri any day of the week, including match days. Come on, you Reds. Red slight of foot there. Hello and welcome along to episode 116 of the ABZ Football Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Scott, and as always, I'm joined by the esteemed Gavin J. Baxter and Graham Steele Gents. How is it going? Good, thank you. I'm ecstatic. Guys, we're, we're past the diddy part of the Scottish football fixture calendar. God, just remember last year we had to do that. Ugh. Never again, never again. Yeah, guys, we're here. The cinch is back. Even better, we've actually survived the close season with very little to talk about and lots of padding to do, and we've just about got there, I think. By the skin of our teeth. Indeed, actually, just talking about that really quickly, massive shout-out to Duncan Rothney for his My Favourite Game segment last week, because Duncan was a wee bit nervous before coming on and stuff, but excellent segment. It was really, really chuffed with how it came out, um, and it's gone down really well online, which is amazing. So again, thank you, Duncan, for joining us, and if anyone else out there would like to join us uh, to talk about your favourite game, Hit us up on the email, abzfootballpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what your favourite game of all time involving the Dons is, and we'll get you on to talk about it. As simple as that. But anyway, in a week that saw Build-A-Bear, Lee Johnson's Hibs, beaten 2-1 in the first leg of their Europa Conference League, qualifying round two tie with those Andorran giants, Interclub de Escalades. Boys, who did it best? Dungeon United fans or Hibs fans? Anyone that's shouting fucking boo wins this. Yeah, general consensus online is the season's not back until there's a fucking boo. And the season is back. The season is well and truly back. <laughs> uh, but to be fair, if I had travelled all the way to Andorra to watch my team get pumped 2-1 for a little Lee Johnson and then telling me to calm down, I'd probably be doing the same. Exactly. A week that also saw the hilarious car crash Sky Sports interview between Hearts manager Stephen Naismith. No, sorry, wait a minute. Hearts manager Frankie McAvoy, and definitely not the Hearts manager Stephen Naismith. That was joyous, wasn't it? Surely that's, I mean, just not going to last past August, is it? Well, I mean, there's a third, there's a third cog in this wheel, isn't there, who just didn't even want to be involved, so. Oh yeah, it was easy. Gogsy? Uh, absolutely, Gogsy, I think they've mentioned. It did seem like McAvoy and Naismith had never met in their lives before. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> it was amazing. Even the intro questions, like, so boys, and like, they looked at each other like, do you want to answer it? Will I take it? You take it. Oh, you do. It's like, you know, you try to get two people that used to be friends who fell out together and you both invite, you invite for lunch, but you don't tell the other one. (laughs) That's the sort of feeling I had. They're both like, what's, what's he here for? Who's this guy? It's amazing. It's only going to end one way and I can't wait for it. And it better not be third. (laughs) (laughs) And a week that also saw Stephen McLean St. Johnston 
absolutely fucking smoked four goals to nil by Sterling Albion in the via play, via play, whatever it'll be called next week, League Cup, to ensure that there'll definitely not be any League Cup silverware heading to Perth this season. And poor Andy Considine was stuck up by Saints TV to do the post-match interview. Did you see that one yesterday? No, I did not see that. No, I was not aware Andy oh. was fed to the wolves, so to speak. The poor, poor bastard. But that said, if there's a man in the Saints squad who knows about humiliating cup defeats to lower league opposition, it's probably Andy Considine. Anyway, let's move on. It's another, it is a busy one this week and a busy one with genuine things to talk about because we're going to bring you all of the latest news from AB24 this week, including a look back at our final preseason warm up in Landon in the Michael Hector Derby. We'll bring you the ABZFP predictor as we're going to give you our thoughts on the season ahead, and this will definitely worth a listen. And then, as Gav highlighted earlier on, it is time the Cinch Scottish Premiership is back, and we're joined by Jake from the Almond View podcast to preview our season opener at the Tony Macaroni next week. But first, on to news from AB24 since we were last with you. Uh, the week started off with the Dons confirming that after talks with the City Council's Safety Advisory Group, that's the SAG, presumably talking to the FMB, that they had allowed an additional 200 season tickets to be released in the Merklin stand. So still not, I think, to the level anyone wants to see in terms of capacity in the Merklin stand. Small steps, at least in a positive direction, it's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, it's a starting point. I suppose it's always difficult when you've got a few parties to try and appease. There's always going to be some sort of compromise situation. It's obviously not just down to the club saying we'll fill it and we'll manage it. You've got other people that need to get involved these days. So I think it's a good step forward. Um, I think demonstrates the club, you know, it's easy to say they're committed to trying to improve the atmosphere, but they have taken steps, obviously introducing the red shed, some of the tidying up they've done there and the sort of decor and that, making the catering more accessible as in queues are much more sensible and all that kind of stuff so I feel like the, it's certainly not accessible on a pricing point though Graham I didn't say that did I I just said it from <laughs> the queuing point of view um, that's why there's no queues Graham it's not they haven't made it more accessible you just well then it's worked it. hasn't it the queues have gone this is true um, so yeah I think the, you know the, they spent a bit of time talking about what they were going to do and it's good to see them delivering on that obviously I guess fans have been doing their bit in, as in it's been sold out for season tickets I think since it, since it was introduced to Redshed, so I'm sure those extra ones that were released have probably disappeared or they'll disappear shortly, I would have thought. So, yeah, it's all good. We just kind of hope that uh, people, whether they like the rules or not, behave the best they can. Otherwise, they'll just get taken away. And that's not really down to the club as such. There'll be a lot of eyes on probably what goes on in there. So let's hope we can fill it out, enjoy it every week, and uh, hopefully it'll make a bit of a difference to the team. That was actually the point I was just going to make there, and that you there's definitely some heavy-handed stewarding, and you can definitely feel uh, police presence and the stewards when you're in the red shed. And you did just start to get concerned that with you know the the continued weekly or game by game occurrence of flares and whatnot, that maybe the council would simply take this take this right away from the club. So the fact that we've actually expanded the capacity with hopefully the view of then just selling it the entire the entire stand. Yeah, it's baby steps, but it's it's a step in the right direction for sure. And um, yeah, anyone that's in the red shed when it's bouncing knows it's it's a real asset for Aberdeen to have. Also on a similar topic, the South Stand segregation fence, rest in peace 
planned to be removed with some further structural changes in the South Stand, meaning that the Dons are going to be able to have a much more flexible approach to away ticketing the club, talking about being able to flex between anything from 300 to the current 1700. This again seems like a relatively positive step in the right direction, doesn't it? Now, I don't want to give away the game that I've not read any of this, but how exactly do they go about with the sort of flexible capacity for the away fans and like what will their section be? Well, it'll still be the same end, same same part, but I presume what we're going to just see is the movable barrier you would, you know, the 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 flexi barrier you see it. You know, Hearts, for example, have that, you know, the kind of uh, fallen sheets. The tape. And then I just imagine a more heavy line of stewards or oh, okay. Okay. Police officers, I'd imagine, for some of the slightly rowdier games, I'd imagine. Yeah, that would seem sensible. I think it's a again, it's another encouraging move. I mean, it's not necessarily getting into tit for tat and well, they only give us so much, so we'll just reduce. But if we really are, you know, if we really do get going this season, there'll be hopefully a demand for uh, home tickets and you know, this sort of people just find out they're free on a Friday or a Saturday and they can go short notice and walk up and hopefully they can get a ticket because if we know it's, I don't know, Ross County, you're not going to need the full allocation. Yeah. You can reduce that, you can sell, you know, can have some available maybe for walk-ups. And I think what they said was part of the the idea would be maybe that, you know, like in the summer, you might want to sit out section Y, it's fine. But December, do you want to walk up and sit outside? Probably not. But you could walk up if you know you'll get a ticket in the south stand. So it might encourage a few people. Or if you've got, you know, kids, or whatever, then it's a bit of a it's a long day if you're sitting outside uh, in December. But covered up might make a little bit of a difference. And again, you know, you're getting people to the gates. But especially if you can get people who maybe haven't gone that often or have lapsed, get back into it. Maybe you sell a few more tickets, become season tickets. You know, it's all it's all good. And more importantly, if we are going well, you want everyone that wants to go to be able to get a ticket. That is one thing I do hope that we do bring in, that there is actually the opportunity to buy a game, sorry, to buy a ticket on match day. I'm sure it specifically referenced that. I might be mistaken, but I'm sure it referenced that because I thought that would be good. Because if that, you're right, if you can't do that, then whether that is a club rule or a league rule, it's just stupid. It seems to be a thing within Scottish football. And it makes absolutely no sense that you're basically turning away punters. Uh, effectively, yeah. who, as yeah. you say, just might decide on the day they want to go to a game, but they actually literally well, cannot do it. Yeah, because you might be between plans, and you don't, you literally, you're not going to know, or you might be like, oh, I've got something on in the morning, I'll probably not be finished in time, I'm not going to commit to a ticket if I can't use it, but it turns out you're freed up, and you're like, well, I could get along in time now, I'll just get one. So it just seems absolutely crazy that you can't have ticket sales on the day. I must admit, this is one of the areas where I'm a bit baffled by, and I know that they're introducing the new... Um, turnstile entrance system again which means yeah. season tickles have got cards again this season so the qr codes are done away with for a period of time i know they're going to bring them back again but that's one of the things that i think is a bit of a regression there because if you want to get away from having paper tickets and stuff but you still want to have people who can walk up on the day then at least if you have the ability to buy a ticket on your phone yeah. and you get your qr code and stuff that's at least the next best thing um and the fact that's been done away with this season and i know they're going to take it back again it's not a great move no, but, it's not. Also, for people, because this is just a podcast, Gary was holding up his phone there, um, just in case Gavin <laughs> and I had never seen a phone before, so that was really helpful. Sorry, boys. Sorry, just the force of habit. Um, I agree. It's, it's, it is a backward step, but I'm not sure what the longer-term benefits are when we return to the mobile ticketing. I'm not too sure how you can sell it as a, an improvement if you're back to using cards, and presumably, like you say, you lose the airability 
for people to just turn up and buy yeah, take it I, on the day. I can't quite fathom it why this has happened, but never no, mind. I'm not sure either. We are where we are. Um, if, if, if you're not aware of this, actually, people listening, because Gavin wasn't aware of it until I remembered no. about it during no. the week, you're not able to do your season ticket on your phone this year. You need to actually get an actual physical card from the club, from the ticket office. So ahead of the Celtic game next week, make sure you do so. Don't turn up to the game thinking, that's fine, my mobile wallet will be refreshed because you're going to look like a dick. I could have sworn when I read my ticket at the ground, they said, do you want to have the option to take it on NFC on your phone again? But yeah, you tell me otherwise. So I'm certain it said you couldn't and because of the new system. This is why I had to wave my phone. Gavin can't read. I think there is, you know, a step in the right direction here as well, because while it's still not as satisfying as ripping up your season ticket book, throwing away a plastic card is at least a bit more satisfactory than, you know, deleting the card from your wallet. Good to see Gav's got a really optimistic approach this season already. Um, got to cover all the bases. <laughs> also, how strong are you? Have you tried to tear a credit card in half? You can't do it without scissors. <laughs> no, I didn't see it. You can fold it until say, it fold and fold until I didn't say I could. I same. never said that I could. Oh, okay. I said it's, you can't, your season ticket. it's not I said it's not quite like ripping up your season ticket book back in the day as you used to get all the 38 yeah. like or 19 tokens on it just launch the thing run down to this run down to the uh, pitch side the dugouts <laughs> I'll ask Steve McLaren all those years ago yeah. <laughs> um, but Graham you hit on a good point about the flexible ways and let's let's bring it back really quickly uh, you, you you raised a good point about the away allocations what we don't want to see as a result of this year is this kind of weird tit for tat thing that's happening at the moment in the game about away ticket allocations, isn't it? That we're certainly seeing from other teams in the league, it would appear, because I think the three of us on the call would all agree that away support is such a massive part of the game in Scotland. And you have to wonder if now is the time for the SPFL to seriously be looking at enforcing kind of strict approaches to away allocations where each team has to offer the opposition a set percentage, at least in the first instance. And if then the take-up's not there, the home club can then flex their away allocation accordingly. Totally agree. Um, the atmosphere generally added to a game is, you know, from the away fans or like if we're travelling, like I don't want to be in a position where Aberdeen fans can't travel to the majority yeah. of grounds because we'll generally go in decent numbers. So yeah, some sort of system where you are obligated to provide a percentage, but a couple of weeks prior to that, if it's not sold, then you sell it to your to your home fans so you don't miss out something like that because yeah it's getting a bit I think it's getting a little bit petty it's getting a bit silly now isn't it yeah yeah, yeah I, I think so and I I don't really want to see us go down that route no either or at least not initially and then if everyone else does it you're probably backed into a corner where it's like well fuck it you may as well but I don't really want us to be starting that uh, so yeah hopefully it's used for the right the right reasons Moving on then quickly, I mean, let's be honest, it's, it's only really going to affect Hearts here, isn't it, probably? But it's all right, they've got about 53 million people on their season ticket waiting list, so, you know, never mind. Um, middle of the week, then saw the news, perhaps not that surprising, that Jaden Richardson was joining English League Two side Stockport County on a season-long loan. Um, now, reading the Stockport County website, it would certainly appear that County were in for Richardson last summer. Um, Richardson leaves the Dons having made 24 appearances in total last season, 16 of them were starts after his arrival from Nottingham Forest. He's played very little football pre-season with the arrivals of Nicky Devlin and then, or who's your fucking dad? Yeah, it certainly seemed as though he'd been stuck way down the pecking order, so no real surprise here, I don't think. Um, In the nicest way possible, Stockport County does seem a better team than I thought he would get. He is stepping up in terms of the, the leagues that he's played. I expected he would go back to National League at the very least. He's going to be a League Two player now. 
as opposed to National League with Notts County. So, so we just need to clarify that there, Gav. You don't mean that League Two's a step up from the, the National Sims, League, surely? I, I, cert- I certainly do not. I think Charlton okay. have shown that. <laughs> um, I, I think from what I can kind of gather, he's maybe worked with this Stockport coach, Stockport coach, the Stockport coach before. Um, Barry Robson's comments um, in when we announced that he was leaving. It doesn't seem like the door is completely shut on Jane Richardson. More just an acknowledgement that we've decided for this season that we're going to go with Nikki Devlin. We're going to go with Ordadia. But we've still got Jaden for two years. Um, he just simply needs to play play more football, gain more experience. And, you know, maybe a return to more familiar, you know, a more familiar style. Just simply having maybe the faith that the coach will, will do wonders for him. Um, so... I'm still of the view that he's got way too much ground to make up to ever become um, a solid Aberdeen player. But I think this is the right the right move. Um, cause like Graham's spoken of in the past, we did spend a good few quid on Jaden Richardson. We've still got him for two years. Let's see, give him a year's experience out on loan. Let's see if there's anything there. And then, you know, we can we can reset next summer or we get the answer to our question and at least then he'll have been able to put himself into a shop window where we can then maybe look to punting him on uh, next summer and recouping some of that money. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's pretty clear he's not going to feature much, but he's only going to feature if we are getting some injuries really. So given that he is essentially quite a bit of, yeah, he's still an investment if you like, it makes sense to try and recover some of that whether that's through he has a reasonable season and we get something back and you know he leaves in the summer and, that, and that's that or he comes back in the summer and it looks like he might have a chance to get into the team which would be great um sending right alone makes a lot of sense i guess it's a yeah, it's probably a better level than i expected as well but i think that, that's a good thing because if you could put in a decent showing at that level they give you some degree of confidence that there might you know maybe just that extra year is is what he needed and he might come back next summer and we might be able to do something with him. So see how it goes. Uh, hopefully it'll work out for him, whether that means he gets, like he says, in the shop window and he gets something sorted in six months, 12 months, whatever it may be, or he's he comes back here and gets a, another crack at it. We'll wait and see, but hopefully it'll work out one way or the other. Indeed. Um, after that, then, the women's team finally got up and running on the signing front. Hannah Inch, not from Inch though, firstly joining following her return to the northeast from Perth, Australia, uh, inches a striker who appeared as a trialist in the friendly game against Spartans. Last week, that was then followed up late in the afternoon with the acquisition of 22-year-old midfielder Laura Holden from Cheltenham Town Ladies. And then that was rounded off towards the end of the week with the loan signing of Faye Kirby, goalkeeper joining from Liverpool FC Women, and England under-23 international who also won Liverpool's Young Player of the Year award last season and has made appearances in the FA Women's Super League. Now, this one does appear on the face of it to be a bit of a coup. Clint Lancaster, what a name, seems to be pretty chuffed with it. Still a few more to get in the door ahead of the season opener against Motherwell on the 12th of August, but the Quines also, with another emphatic win on Sunday afternoon, a closed-door friendly against SWPL, two-side St. Johnston, 11-1 at Cormac Park. Goals from Hannah Stewart with four of them, Billy Hutchinson with two, Fran Ogilvie, an own goal, Donna Patterson, Innes and then Darcy Miller rounding the goals off. So 11-1, that's a decent bit of prep, I think, for the Queens going into that one there. Um, on the young team as well, they got their season up and running in the Cavs Under-18 League, a trip to Glasgow to face Queen's Park. The young team coming away with the three points after a 2-1 win. Goals from Fletcher Boyd and Jamie Mercer before halftime had the Dons on Easy Street before goalkeeper Rodrigo Vitals 
saw red with a second booking just after the break. The Dons managing to hold out for the win, though. Good start to the cast under 18 campaign for Scott Anderson's side. Next up is a trip to Dundee to face Dundee United on the 8th of August. And then that takes us back to the first team who had our final preseason game of the season on Saturday as we travelled to London for the Michael Hector Derby. The Dons once again resplendent in their Northern Lights away kit, eh, Gav? That's one adjective you can use. What was it? What was it? Uh, your nephew said to you yesterday about your views about the kit. Um, I believe he said that I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was fed that line by an outside influence. I'm not going to say anything except for the fact he's right. Anyway, the Dons starting with Kelrys and goals, a back three once again of Devlin Milne and McKenzie, Morrison Hayes on the flanks, Povara, Shinny and Clarkson in the middle, and Duke Amiofsky up top. Or Dadia's paperwork through, so he also found himself onto the bench. And let's be honest, it's a preseason game, but this was a pretty impressive first half from the Dons, blowing away the host, an own goal from Asimwe after three minutes after some really good work by Povara down the right-hand side. The Dons making it two on 22 minutes with Duke out-muscling mus- out Ness as he latched onto Morris's ball down the line and his cross was tapped home by Shinney. Povara then latching onto a poor ball by Hector, playing in Miofsky, who was then pulled down. Hector also handling his attempt at a cross for good measure, so Miof- penalty given. Miofsky, though, sending the goalkeeper the wrong way from the 12-yard mark, but you know, his effort. Smashing off the post and clear, but never mind that, though, Miofsky did get a goal in 33 minutes. Good pressing again by the Dons, backing up a first half of high-integrity pressing, which saw Shinny collect the ball, played in Morris down the right, and his cross was then tucked home by Miofsky. High-integrity pressing. High-integrity pressing. They did it with real integrity. Real honesty in the way we pressed. Yeah. We let our opponents know every time we were coming near them. Yeah, high intensity pressing. Thank you, Gavin. The three eyes. <laughs> yes, yes. Barry Robson's three eyes. Well, maybe not with the changes he made in the second half. Possibly not. Half time, three 0 to Aberdeen, and it could have been six or seven. Um, and that's not being silly about things. So clear on from Miofsky on fifty six minutes before some more changes on the hour. Jack Miller forced off with an injury, although it does appear so he'll be okay for Livingston next week. He was replaced by Anthony Stewart before Povara, Hayes and Morris departed to be replaced by Conor Barron or Dadia for his debut and Ryan Duncan. Charlton getting a goal back to Blackett Taylor on 17 minutes before Babbage came on for Duke. Charlton then with a second goal right to the death, an effort from Canu. I don't think it's that Canu. He's surely still not kicking about. Um, scraping past his effort, scraping past Roos. Devlin knocking into his own net while trying to clear. 3-2 it finished to Aberdeen. All in all, a decent performance, but as we'll always say, let's not try and read too much into preseason, shall we? But let's be honest, it's good to round off the preseason campaign with a win. Um, yeah, my my feelings remain the same as they did when we got beat 2 0 by Preston, and that, you know, it's preseason and results really don't don't matter in the grand scheme of things. And I'm not gonna to get too high about beating Charlton um at the valley, but the, the encouraging stuff is definitely that you see from the highlights. And especially within the first half, there's some really, really good play from Aberdeen, especially in the attacking areas. Um, you're seeing Duke is just, you know, back up to his old tricks, just bullying defenders for fun and getting away and creating opportunities. Uh, Boya Miofsky, you know, had a number of chances, getting himself into good areas again. Um, I think a sharper, fitter Boya Miofsky comes away with that from the hat trick at least. Um, and then, you know, you've got likes of, the bonus players, like, you know, Dante Bolvara, you know, looks like he's doing really well, uh, getting further up up the pitch. 
So that kind of stuff, yeah, very encouraging. Um, I think naturally, you know, when you make those changes, the second half probably wasn't as good and a little bit concerning. You know, the two goals are are pretty soft. Um, I think our former captain, you know, shows up some Tony Stewart-esque defending in the second goal. Deals with that and make it very difficult for the Charleston player to get a shot away that leads to the goal. So that part is concerning. Clearly from the perspective that we're recording on Sunday and our league campaign starts in less than a week. Um, and we don't really have any, don't have much in the way of backup in those positions. But yeah, um, from what I can tell, everyone's come through the game unscathed. We've played some very good stuff. Barry Robson saying afterwards that we're, we're where he wants us to be in terms of fitness. And yeah, it seems like it's been, you know, a positive preseason. And, and now I just can't wait to get the league campaign started. Yeah, pretty much. Just what Gareth says, it's the results kind of, okay, you'd rather have wins, but they're difficult to, you can't really take any of those results and turn them into anything meaningful, can you? Because teams are not going to play, different levels, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, probably just say, yeah, some of the attacking side, first half in particular, look quite good. So that's clearly encouraging. And a couple of the guys that we've been hoping might start to turn it around, where Morrison Polvara, you know, certainly much more encouraging than, I'll be honest, I thought we would see from either of them this season. So if that can continue and that means they're, you know, whether they're coming off the bench, but they're actually able to contribute to games, that'd be a bit of a, a boost. I mean, I think it might have been when it was just Gary and I talking about the signings and saying, you know, theoretically, if the likes of a Povara or Morris could actually find a bit of form to the point where they're actually playing or, you know, they're on the bench and they're coming off and you're thinking, that's fine, I'm not, I'm not going to fear that's kind of like a couple of signings, you know, it kind of boosts your squad a little bit because I, I know they're there, but we, you didn't, didn't feature at all really last season. So they were on the books, but they were never really an option. So, yeah, I think a couple of, you know, the goals weren't great, fine, but it was a lot, it was a lot more to like than dislike. And I think probably more importantly, if Robson's happy that from a fitness point of view, uh, with the odd exception, I guess, you know, we also can be coming back, but in general, if the fitness is what he's wanting, then you know that that's probably almost more critical yeah. than maybe who we've got. Because if everyone's going to hit the ground running, theoretically, we should have enough quality on the opening day that if we can match their work rate and the you know the the sort of the physical side of the game, we've got some pretty good players, especially in the creative positions, that will hopefully negate any defensive worries that. I was going to say we might have that we probably absolutely definitely do have. I feel I need to fire off the Jimmy Caldwood clacks in there about it's just like a couple of new signings. I know, I know. Yep, yep. fire it up. Um, the, the thing I think that was most encouraging, and again, it, you don't want to take too much into it because it is still just pre-season, but the thing I enjoyed most about going back and watching some of the highlights is certainly around, I think the way that our pressing game appears to be coming together higher up the park is... Very impressive. And if we can get that right nine times out of 10 in the Scottish top flight, we'll cause teams a lot of problems, I think, if we can get that right. And if nothing else, it'll give us easy possession back again because teams will just end up shelling the ball up the park and you'd be hoping you can then gather it and just build again, which is great. Let's go to talk really quickly about uh, Ilba Ramadani. No minutes for him on Saturday. Now, Barry Robson in the post-matches was saying that that was purely because he was wanting to rest him. He fully expects him to be here 
next week was as far as Barry committed to, it's fair to say. Now, there's been in rumours again during the course of the week that there's a move to Lecce in Serie A on the cards for Ramadani. A lot of people talking as well after the game about his actions where he came over through his shirt into the crowd and was being egged on by everybody else to lob his stuff in. Perhaps telling me as well. Now, I don't know how, how this goes. I, because of course, if Ramadani does leave, there'll be one heartbroken member of the, this podcast. I'd, I'd posted a heartbreak image on top of a picture of Ramadani, which was liked by Boyan Miofsky, and then the like mysteriously disappeared um, later on. So whether there may or may not be something in this, if Ramadani is to depart, I think we got him in for like 100 grand. So if, if the rumours are true and it's, a, it's an offer north of a million, that's pretty good business on one hand to have increased your, you know, you've, you've taken in 10 times what you paid for a guy just 12 months ago. Does it though leave us with a bit of a gap there in the midfield or is this where we'd now need to look at, you know, Dante Povara who impressed massively, I think, against Charlton. Is this an opportunity for a guy like him to come in and step in and make that sort of position his, do you think? I think if there's any truth in it and he does go, I don't really want him to go, but let's just get it done sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, the season's about to start. We don't really need this dragging on where maybe we play him for the first games and then he's not available and we've got, all oh, right, what are we going to do in terms of who we're going to replace him with? Let's just, let's just get it done. And if we really do get that kind of money, I mean, it's still not a huge amount of money in the grand scheme of things, but relative to, it's an outrageous return if you yeah. have to look at it that way. And that, that is our that's our model. This is what we're going to have to deal with. If we can find someone who's reasonable, it's unlikely we will be able to keep hold of them. It's just the market we find ourselves in, unfortunately. I think probably short term it might open up something for likes of Povara, but longer term, I would hope we are we probably have a target or two lined up that if Ramadani was to go, we will be straight after. Uh, because we would need you need a number, but yeah. don't I say a number? You need a decent player to replace him. Given that he's one of your first team players going, I'm not. Uh, admittedly, Pavara seems to be doing quite well so far. I'm not really convinced he's gone from where he was. It's just one game, isn't it? So suddenly, just... right, great, he solved that first team problem, and now you need something on the bench. I'm still kind of thinking you need to get a first team replacement for Ramadani, and if it turns out Pavara features more. You know, brilliant, but I'm not I'm not looking at it as thinking, well, he's the obvious replacement. Yeah. Let's get a bench player. So um I, I would just rather it was done sooner rather than later because it just gives us time to scour the market and hopefully get someone decent rather than someone who's you know sort of leftovers. And this this is not there's nothing concrete about this yet. And this could just be an agent flying a flag. Um although Gav, I think when you spoke to Ramadani at the player sponsor. Um, piece at the back end of last season. He was kind of a little bit non-committal about whether he believed he'd be in Aberdeen uh, this season. And yeah, he if, if, the, um, if there's truth in the rumours about it being Serie A, it's hard to say to a player at his age to kind of step in his way. I know I know people, I've seen people saying, oh, why would he give up playing in European group stage football with Aberdeen to go to Lecce who are hovering around the kind of relegation area of Serie A? But you need to flip that on his head and say, well, he's probably going to earn more money there and he's got the opportunity to go and test himself against, you know, both the Milan teams, Juventus, Napoli. Let's, even from a club point of view, yeah. I, I think he's a decent player, but we picked him up, so surely we can pick someone up again. And if we can take 100,000, supposedly, into a million, supposedly, would we want to keep him? It's a good point. For, yeah, for, for, for what it's worth, um, 
So while we first heard the Lecce chat, what, about a month ago, give or take? Yeah. Um, so I'm with Graham in the sense that I would rather just we got that done if that's what he wants to do um, sooner. Um, it's definitely inopportune that we'd be losing a player that I think we'd, Robson would be identifying as being a starter in the eleven, less than a week out from our first league game. I suspect if this happens, we'll probably know by Monday. Um, and then it is what you do. I mean, yeah, Dante Bovara has done very well, but like Graham says, it's a big to go from where he was um, the first half of last season, where it did look like it just wasn't going to happen for him, and then getting shipped out on loan to Charleston. Yeah, he did very, very well, but there's still a lot of ground to make up for him to become a first team Aberdeen player. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a big season for Connor Bannon. We yep. seem to forget about him. But we've seen Connor and Leighton Clarkson play in the same team, and it doesn't quite seem to work in terms of the balance. And um, we probably need, need more of an industrious type like Ramadani to partner Shinny to do a lot of that work in in the midfield to let Clarkson do his thing. So hopefully we do have someone lined up, whether it's the boy uh, Phillips from Crystal Palace we've been linked with, or if there's someone else on our shortlist that we can Phillips look at. Phillips is a different kind of player, though, I think, from Ramadani. So he doesn't strike me as being that player. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it's interesting because I think out of the players who we brought in last summer, I wouldn't be surprised if the club thought that the one least likely to move on this summer was probably Ramadani. On the inverse of that, I would say that if you told me at the end of last season that Duke will still be here, Boyamiofsky will still be here, Clarkson will still be here, and you'll lose Ramadani, I would say that he is the most easily replaceable player within those four. And yeah, to flip breaks my heart to it breaks my heart to agree with you, Gav. But you're probably right. Purely, if I would say creative players are generally trickier yeah. to find and or yeah. afford. Yeah, exactly. Finding a guy, yeah, players that will run around like a headless chicken are ten a penny in Scottish football. Let's be honest. I'm um, available. Just if anyone from the club's <laughs> listening. Um, so if we can flip a player for a hundred k at what I think it's twenty six, twenty seven, and yeah. get him get bringing a million quid for him and for what I think is quite a limited player I think that's a great that's a triumph of our new recruitment system rather than being looked at as being a major loss in my mind but it is the point is that we're going in August and we're losing a first team player that's the part that yeah you have a little bit of an issue with um and yeah likewise if he wants to go to Lecce then I can't see how you can begrudge him that move because you know the age he is um where he was playing I mean the guy was relegated from the Hungarian League two seasons ago, and now he's talking about going and playing Serie A. So, yeah, from that sense, you know, wish him all the best. I've never doubted the guy's endeavour. It's just always been the, the quality on the pitch. And I think we could, with that million pounds, go and get a player like him and then reinvest the rest of it in whether that's tying down some of our better players like Kel Russo or Duke to longer contracts or then just improving the squad overall. Yeah, I mean, it, for me, there seems like a really obvious move as you go for uh, Bacchus at St Mirren, who still hasn't signed anywhere yet. He's got a year left on his deal. Bolton had a deal agreed with him for like 250 grand. I think if you get a million quid for Ramadani and you even throw St Mirren 300,000, you give them an extra 50 grand to sell them to somebody in the, the one of their you know rivals. Um, I think they'd probably jump at that. And I think he seems like, yeah, I like the look of Bacchus, to be fair. I think he's a very good, very good player and, and knows the league again as well. So it's one of those you get out and go, he might not need the time to, he won't need the time to adapt to the league per se. We just need to adapt to the step up. But he's also an Australian international. So, you know, he's got something about him. Anyway, um, 
we spoke about Dati Povara a lot, but there was quite a decent uh, Red TV feature with him this week. Um, Graham, I know you don't sign up to Red TV, so you won't have seen this. But it was quite interesting. Um, certainly seems like a player who's really, you know, his uh, desire to come back to Aberdeen and perform well here certainly appears to have been reinvigorated. And I was I was pleased to see that he, he put in a good performance on, on Saturday. Because I think, we've probably all said it before, I think he's got all the attributes to be a very good midfielder potentially in the Scottish League. He just needs to be able to put it all together. And it certainly sounded as though Barry Robson had been really kind of keeping an eye on him when he was at Charleston. And he'd, he'd made it very clear that he had a... He, he, he had uh, plans for Pavara coming back and all that kind of stuff. So he clearly sees something in there with him. Um, so let's see how that keeps on going. A decent performance as well by Shaden Morris um, in that unfamiliar right wing back area. Sets up the third goal. Um, and again, we keep on talking about it, but maybe, just maybe, there might be something there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, we've got three years to find out. It's true. We gave the guy a four-year contract. Um, I mean, listen, in the little hoopla I watched him last year, I wasn't impressed at all. But I think there was extenuating circumstances to, you know, make that happen. He just, I don't think he really came in and had much of a preseason. I think he broke down quite early and then just never really got going because, as we've talked about a million times, there's no real opportunity to get minutes under your belt unless you're playing in the first team. So he's played a lot in, in preseason. He's not necessarily what I would call my first choice right wing back um, compared to, you know, Ross McCrory we had last last year or I think we're all pretty excited about seeing what Nicky Devlin could do. But Shaden, you know, he's coming. He's obviously given Barry Robson um, something to think about. So it'll be, you know, again, we're repeating ourselves. It'll be a huge bonus, like a new signing, if he can contribute to the team, uh, either from the bench or from the start. We get a much better player than we maybe thought of. And when it comes to Dante as well, I mean, I also don't have Red TV, but there was a slightly extend, more extended clip on YouTube that I listened to. And what I could kind of get from that is that Dante is very much taking a lot of time to reflect on his Aberdeen career. I think the easiest thing for him to do would have been to say in the summer, you know what, this just isn't going to work. Let me, let me go back to America and I can go and play in the USL or maybe even get an MLS gig. I think the fact he's decided to want to stay and try and force his way back into the team shows a lot about him about his character it sounds like he's becoming a more kind of rounded footballer just taking in absorbing the negatives like that's why he said like he's not just going to try and make out that everything's great when it's not and you know try and make that to improve as a player and the thing that i take the most encouragement from is that i think with robson i don't think robson's going to try and make any footballer like something that they're not so i think that the two idiots that we had in charge before looked at danny pulvara with some kind of preconceived notion about what a player like him physically should be and or they wanted to prove how good they are as a coach because what we got the sense that i got when we first brought him in was that we were bringing in a very much box-to-box goal scoring midfielder and then he came in and immediately he's placed into the holding midfield role and he was just having to learn a whole new position in a much uh, higher standard of football and i think when you look at it like that it was almost inevitable that he was going to fail um to make an impact with Robson. I suspect he's going to look at him and see his strengths, what he's done his whole life playing football, what it sounds like he's done in Charleston as well and say, that's what I want you to be. Let's see if the Dante Pulvara we signed can play for Aberdeen, not the Dante Pulvara that we thought we could turn him into. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, let's just hope we can get a tune out of Pulvara and Morris. Now, whether that's, 
featuring in the first team or it's coming off the the bench but actually you know holding their own I think that'd be really good really good and yeah quite impressed with Pavara and I suppose realistically if he's you know don't know what his ambitions are longer term but I suppose if it doesn't work here he's probably unlikely to get any meaningful crack at Europe again anytime soon so he probably really has to if he wants to try and make something of it here with a view to pushing on probably has to come back and fight for it. But I feel like Robson's kind of honest guy that he, he's coming back because he, he obviously believes he's got a chance at getting some game time. And I feel like Robson will be honest and say, you know, if he didn't rate me, he just said, look, you can go on loan. You might come back because you're on the contract, but it's not going to happen. But I feel like the fact that he's featured and probably Povara's attitude and enthusiasm, you know, he probably genuinely thinks he's got a chance of doing something here. So fingers crossed. Uh, we started to see, I think like Gavin said, the player we thought we were getting versus maybe what we were trying to do with them last year. Indeed. Um, I think we just said earlier on, you know, all in all, I don't want to take too much out of the game because it's, you don't know, get too high about it. But uh, in particular, I think our energy, our pressing, our, our integrity, our integrity, our was good to watch. And our intelligence <laughs> was good to watch. Um, let's 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 fingers crossed we can we can translate that into into next week when we we'll play against Livingston. Just a quick one before we move off this one. Vinny Pajero, and that's two preseason games now in a row with no minutes for Vinny. Writing on the wall, someone get a fork. Jinky's done. That's not a good sign. Yeah. Even Tony Stewart got a got a run out. Well, Tony Stewart got a run out because Jack Milne was injured. But well, we were saying last week, you know, as well that's Richardson not featuring again, and we were shoehorning people in to what looked like his obvious position when he was on the bench. And then he goes on loan. So it doesn't it doesn't feel very encouraging, does it? I, if we're going to play three at the back, especially with that kind of shape we have, I just don't see where you even fit Vinny Bajewin in. Yeah, uh, that, that that is the big challenge for Bajewin. I don't see... Clearly, clearly, Robson has looked at Morris and has decided that if nothing else, he'll get work rate out of Morris to at least play right wing back. And a level of discipline in inverted commas to play that role. He clearly doesn't fancy he'll get out of Bajowin, which I think is probably fair enough. I can't imagine how it would happen. So unless he fundamentally decides to change the way we play, um, and we spoke about, I think, Graham, you, think you and I spoke about this a few weeks ago, there's maybe an argument to suggest that in certain games at home, we saw Robson do it against Kilmarnock at home, I think, where he played when Shinny was suspended, and he played Duncan as the 10, and he kind of shifted, he, he did tweak the shape a little bit. So you had... Ramadani and Clarkson that day playing effectively as two holding midfielders, but still with a back three, but he pushed Duncan a little bit further forward in the hole behind Duke Miofsky. So the only time I've seen him kind of do anything like that is there an art there may be an argument to suggest that in certain games at home you can get away with doing that, and that's who you would like to have a Bujowin type. Clearly, that's what we were looking probably for Teklich to do. Um it probably is what Phillips at Crystal Palace would maybe come in to do if that happens. It just doesn't seem like it's gonna happen for Vinny Bajowin, does it? Let's be honest. Uh, not at this stage, which I think is a shame. I I quite liked him. I, I'm convinced there's a player there, but I'm not certain we're going to see that. Uh, I don't think he's done enough since he's been here. Uh, I don't blame Robson for this at all. Let's before we quickly move on. Then, um, just while we've been uh, getting ready to record, uh, Davy Cormack's hit the twits, or sorry, hit the X's as it is these days. What's 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 he what's he meant to type into Google this time? <laughs> well thankfully it's nothing rude so um, the chat would appear to be anyway 
very, very close on two defenders, which I think is needed. Presumably one of them is Slobodan Rubicic. We've been talking about that for a long time now, but he was spotted in Aberdeen last night, so it's going to be the worst case. Was he really? Well, he certainly wasn't in the Novi Pizar team who played tonight. So putting two and two together, I'm going to come up with Slobodan Rubicic. I did not see him at View Cinema last night, so I can't confirm whether or not he was there. Okay, well, maybe Barbie's not his thing, Gav. Um, class movie, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely um, class. Let's not get onto that just now. Cormac, so two clo- close to two defenders, targeting another two or three players, um, which might take us into the transfer window. So, interesting, we still appear to be in the in the mix for at least... Up to five potentially there, confirming we missed out on tech, which was just frustrating because we put four months of effort into it. But that's what happens when you look for really good quality. And I think there's probably an argument to be said there where we're we were shooting our shot because he's 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 got himself a decent move to Turkey off the back of that as well. So interesting stuff there. Um, but that I think will do us just now to wrap up pre-season, will it on that side? Yes. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, good stuff. So last season, um, we brought you the first ever ABZFP 2022-2023 predictor. And we're going to go back and do it again this year to see just how little we know about Scottish football or football more generally. So Gav, you've you've done you've you've knocked up the predictor questions this year. So I'll let you take charge. You well, you say knocked up. I mean, you think I'll find I just hit a copy and paste, but excellent. Good stuff. I'll still take I'll still take the credit for it. Thank you. Um, yeah, let's start off with the same way we did last year. So First up, guys, the Scottish Premiership winners. Uh, it's Celtic. I don't see anyone else winning that. Uh, I think it'll probably be Celtic as well. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be closer. I don't think Rogers is going to come in with nearly the same level of aura as he did last time round. But yeah, I think they'll probably still have enough. Jot will be a big miss, but I think they'll still have enough. So yeah, I'll go with that. Are you are you typing these up or are you going to... Oh, I'll just do what we did last season. Just listen back to frantically, it. Sc- frantically scramble around to find out which episode we did this on, and then okay, type out from good. there. Excellent, good. Okay, okay, gents. Second issue of business to be relegated of the Scottish Premiership. There's some stiff competition for here. Stephen McLean's Super Jays. Although I won't be Stephen McLean's Super Jays at that point. It'll be Mark McGee's. Oh, can you imagine? Tommy Knight's <laughs> Mark McGee's Super Jays. Andy Considine. Uh, I kind of don't want it to happen for that, but I just, <laughs> I just think they're a murder. Uh, are you thinking there'll be one team that will get relegated? Ooh, so I think St. Johnson will go, and then I'm going to leave it at that. I think St. Johnson are gone, and I think plucky racist Malky Mackay is going to finally take Dross County down as well. I see he's been like bleating again now about how tight his budget is. I thought you were going to say something else there. No, but the diversity no. of the population in Dingwall or something like that. I have, he'll be well up for that, I imagine. <laughs> um, I I agree with you both of you. I think St Johnston will go, and I've, I fear the worst for Livingston. It just sounds like it's a real doom and gloom situation in West Lothian, and I think they could really, really struggle, and maybe go down via the playoffs. Yeah, sorry, Jake, and the rest <laughs> of the lads. Premiership, Scottish Premiership top goal scorer, Boyamiowski. Yeah, and he's copy and pasted his answer from last season, I think. Uh, I'll <laughs> pick Duke then. You're picking Duke? Yep. We've got Miofsky, we've got Duke. It's only fair to go for Esther Suckler then. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Scottish League Cup winners. I think you both selected Aberdeen last year. Uh, we did. How did that work? Oh, oh yeah. Wait. Um, 
Ah, fuck it, I'm going to go again. If I keep saying it, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. All right, Stevie G, <laughs> we, we go again. <laughs> how's that going to work, work for Stevie G when he's got no head? <laughs> uh, no head, but a sack full of massive sack of cash. It's just yeah, bags with dollar signs in his office. Yeah, uh, be, able to, be able to afford a head transplant at that point. <laughs> I am going to say that uh, our League Cup campaign is going to falter a little bit, despite the fact we drew Sterling Albion tonight as a result of the Europe, and so we might not be at full tilt for this. So Celtic will win the League Cup. Um, I'm going to agree with Graham. We're going to do it. We've we'll pushed too far. Ten, first. ten, ten years. Well, not ten years exactly. Nine years and however many months, and. A fucking, five, fucking penalties. A, and then a fucking five no <laughs> smashing of hearts. Um Scottish Cup winners. Will it be the first time since 1990? Aberdeen. So we'll bounce back after the new year, after having a ropey initial start to the season because of Europe. And we'll put the ghost of Darvel to bed. Because we'll draw them again. But this time we'll absolutely fucking smash them and it'll be great. And then we'll go in and win the cup. And then we'll draw East Kilbride and get it knocked out. <laughs> Scottish Cup is coming home. Graeme Shinney will be doing the one-handed. Yep. It's coming home. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with what you said last season. Give me the cup double. Rabernay. First time since 1990. Well, as usual, I'm the voice of reason, so I'll go for Smeltic. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying a Celtic treble? No, Graeme said... So you said no, the League Cup. Yeah, 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 right, okay. Cool. Uh, right then, championship promotion. Well, it won't be Dundee United. I'm saying Cali. I said them last year, I think, but I'm sticking with that. I think it's a very hard league to predict. I'm going to say Dunfermline Athletic and Partick Thistle. Partick will beat Ross County in the playoff this time on penalties. See, uh, Partick are hard to get a gauge on, though, because they've lost a lot of players. I wonder if Dougie Emery's going to continue on the upward trajectory that he's on with Eric Morton. Could he do it? Could he take them all the way? Your next Aberdeen manager. <laughs> um, Jim Goodwin will get sacked in September and United will do enough to get promoted. And then I reckon, I reckon Dunfermline will get through the, we'll get through the, uh, through the playoffs. So United and Dunfermline. We move into League One. <laughs> Now, last season, I'm pretty sure I was adamant that Falkirk would finally make their way out of League One. You did say that, yes. Um, they and didn't, I look at just in case anyone's listening. No, they didn't. They're still there. And I look at it and I go, <laughs> "Oh, here we go. Falkirk have got a good chance." <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say, massive shock. This will be a huge shock if it happens. Sterling Albion will go back to back. And they'll be playing championship football next season. And Cove Rangers will come up through the playoffs as well. Thanks to Paul McGowan, who looks fucking delighted to be at Cove Rangers, doesn't he? <laughs> um, I get very real images of, what is it? Who is it that Mr. Smithers is holding the gun to the back of? Is it Tom Jones? Oh, Tom Jones, yeah. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Keep smiling. Keep waving. Um, I think it looks Cole- like he's a drillage when he saw the beach. <laughs> By the way, there's photographic evidence of Esther Soakler at Aberdeen Beach. So if he ever kicks off about that, yeah, get that yeah. footage retained. Uh, yeah. I think I think Quas will come up. I think Marvin Bartley went in and did a pretty good job in the second half last season. I think he might carry on that momentum, pull the nose up, get them back in the championship. I think I think Cove will come up. 
And then, because I don't like agreeing with Gary, I think Hamilton will come up to the playoffs. <laughs> but he w- you would have picked otherwise, yeah. Yeah, probably, but now that you've picked them, I can't. And, and, and now we dive into the crapshoot that is League Two. Did you pick? Oh, yeah, did you pick? You picked Wasp, didn't you? Yeah, Queens of the South, yes. Queens of the South. That's a very different. That's a very not, different football team, I think. <laughs> not, not, not Kings of the South. Um, League Two. Take your pick. Is this just winners or are we doing promotion? Because I just realized I picked two for League One. Well, I was just going to do winners because that's all we did. But if you guys want to okay. do both teams, then, you know, if you want to say there's okay. going to be two teams to get promoted, then fill your boots. All right. Graham? <laughs> I'll go then. Just looking at a list and thinking, who is the least shit? I'm going to go for Greg Wilds and Barton. Oh, a decent shout because they did all right last season, but then absolutely shat it towards the end. So uh, I, I picked them last season and they had a horrendous opening start to the season, but then really pulled the nose up on it. I'm going to pick four for Athletic because they've had a quite a good League Cup campaign as well. So I'm going to pick four for, and I'm going to say Peter Head are also going to come out of League Two as well this season. Into the Highland League. I never said where they were going. <laughs> I just said they'd come out. Can only hope. Can only hope. Um, because I think they had a decent second half of the season, or they got better as the season went on. Uh, Craig Telfer's Stan Esmir are my shout for League Two. There we go. Lovely stuff. And finally, in terms of league winners, we'll just keep one, keep one closer to home. The Highland League winners, who will inevitably then shout it to the Lowland League winners. <laughs> Um, based on their opening result in the Highland League yesterday, it's not going to be in Verudi Locos. I am going to suggest there might be a bit of a shock this season. I'm going to say Bank City. Oh. They got a huge points deduction. They had a massive points deduction last And they were still actually in pretty good shape. I think they would have been... I think they'd have been fourth or fifth. Yeah, they've been in about there, yeah. I'm going to say Bank City. A real turn up the books and it'll get a lot of stuffy Highland League people's noses out of joints by them doing <laughs> it as well but yeah I say Banks of D and then they'll find another reason to dock them points <laughs> <laughs> oh these upstarts ah, Recon City will do it again and then and then bottle it and then bottle it lovely excellent good I suppose to keep the peace for family reasons I'll pick Bucky <laughs> well who saw that coming I know what a shock let me pick myself and also I just I just checked that local score and if you're getting scudded 4-1 by Turriff <laughs> maybe you're not winning the league so <laughs> as much as I'd quite like them to go uh, to have a decent season uh, I, I, I want to win something in the predictor next season so <laughs> yeah ain't the chuff chuffs <laughs> I mean Gary's you know banking on Banks at Etho I mean well, they'd just be a bunch of school kids I mean it's not that impressive really first manager to be sacked I guess we'll keep this top flight again okay Stephen and Clay. already one or two have made some solid cases for it in the month of July um I think bizarrely, St. Johnston will keep Steve McLean going for a bit because they probably can't afford to sack him. He's got a three-year contract. He's got a three-year deal, so... I think fan ire, and I mean singular, will be enough <laughs> to force the board. What, the one St. Johnston fan will yes. pause? The, <laughs> the season ticket holder will refuse to go, to go <laughs> until they sack him. Oh, but I've just realised, like, if St. Johnston go, the staking streets of pie goes... That is no major loss. That's a loss. It's a, it's a decent pay. <laughs> I love the idea that the St. Johnston Supporters Club will just be like, listen, we're not letting the money bus go. <laughs> Unless you get rid of Stephen McLean. 
Uh, <laughs> I actually think that Malky Mackay. Malky Mackay. Yeah. Closely followed by Lee Johnson. But Malky Mackay will go first. I think Hibs will have, I think Hibs getting that goal will mean they'll be just about okay in the home leg. And then they'll probably get pumped up by someone a little bit better. And they'll, Ben Kensel and Lee Johnson seem thick as thieves because they're both charlatans pretending to be involved in football. <laughs> Gav's going I, fucking. How I much think, did you have to drink before you came on tonight, Gav? You've you know what? You know heavy. what? I, I reckon Stevie Nace will sack Frankie McAvoy. <laughs> <laughs> No, Frankie no, McAvoy was sacked. No, Stephen they, Smith. They're both going to wake up to a Sky Sports <laughs> banner, obviously incorrectly labelling them or something, and saying, well, the Hibs, Hearts the manager sacked. The Hibs and badge. Well, yeah, Hibs badge, Hearts manager sacked. And they're both, both going to be looking in their contract and going, what's a job title in here? <laughs> and then Gogsy, going to know. There'll be Gogsy, who we don't know who it is, we'll be put in Soul Charge. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Hearts will give to a shock and start the season, and they'll, they'll panic and get rid of one element at least of their coaching staff who will be the manager who will take the hit as being the manager what would be quite amusing if that does happen is that Liam Fox is on the coaching staff now at Hearts so there's a very good chance that they just decide to step him up and we see how that went for um, Dundee United so also Hearts are at McDermott Park on Saturday we'll talk about an absolute belter of a cinch opener right there I mean a St John's Society look like they're an absolute just dog shit versus a Hearts team who can't decide who's their manager it's going to be great because if Hearts lose that then it's it's almost tatties at that point already for Naismith and Co and if St Johnston lose it and if they lose it heavily that one St Johnston fan is going to be going fucking mental great times might go, might go to that game instead <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we introduced this category last year as did every category because it's the first time we did it but uh, the most likely to Hibs it now the clue's in the name you want to say Hibs but of course Hearts Hibs it last year I'm going to say Hearts are going to Hibs it again um, I'm going to step down a division no well, I, I, said, I said they'd get promoted <laughs> Gav's Gav's just fucked up isn't I'm, all over, I'm all over the place here yeah like the Hearts be. management team trying to decide who's doing <laughs> what here <laughs> Congrats, we'll let you, you go first. You put you put the cones out. No, you put the cones out. Well, I've got the stopwatch. You put the cones I am gonna go gonna go for hearts again because I think <laughs> it's gonna be great. I don't really I'm not convinced about Johnson, but if that is an easier structure to replace, as in one man who's obviously in charge leaves and another man comes in, the hearts mess is gonna be trickier to unravel if and hopefully when it goes wrong. You said trickier. You meant funnier, right? Um, I did mean funnier and more expensive because you've got twice the payoffs. Three? There's a third wheel as well. Oh, yeah, Coxie. Jeez. I can't wait until there's supposed 17,000 fucking waiting lists for season tickets just dwindles to like fuck all by the end of the season after they've been relegated again. <laughs> going to be great. Uh, most likely to Hibs at um, Rangers. I uh, well, see, actually, this is what I was going to say. I'm torn between Sevco and Hearts here. And part of me wants to go Sevco because I have a little... I'm going to put this out here right now. I've got a sneaky suspicion that Don's going to split the from this season. Mark her down right there. All right, well, a moment ago, I was accused of over-drinking. Uh, let's, let's get this one. That's roughly... Roughly an hour 30 I mean, into the Gary show. Gary just went from zero to 100 in the space of about two gulps there. Oh, you know me. You know me, boys. You know me. I mean, I was just thinking in terms of it might, you know, just botch the league later on in the season. 
Afghanistan. Yeah, they're going to botch the league. They're going to finish third. <laughs> because mark my words, mark my words, I'm waiting for him to finish top scoring now. Kieran Dowell, right, is not the man to try and win you the league. No, and I see that Todd Cantwell's up to his old tricks in preseason yeah. as well. So, uh, they will work, unfortunately. Mark my words, put it down now. The Dons will split the two of them this season. All right, there we go, lads. You've all, you've all heard it. Get your mortgages. No any, pressure, boys. Any, no pressure. All your money. And remember, Gary said it, not us. Yes, definitely. Um, that was uh, him expressing a personal opinion again. <laughs> Allegedly. The Aberdeen Player of the Year. Of course, Duke scooped up all the awards last season. Will he? Will it be a repeat once more? I've got him down for top scorer, but I think it's going to be combination of his Tickers and Clarkson's visionary passing so I'm going to go for Clarkson I think it depends on how you decide like how you want to categorise your player of the year this year I'm going to say Tony Stewart redemption oh what a redemption arc when he's nodding home the winning goal in the Europa League final in Dublin I think and Shenny hands him the trophy the trophy to do it yeah yeah yeah. it was full um who y'all in Abidal, you know, just takes the armband <laughs> off, hands yeah. it over. <laughs> this is your this is your moment, Tony. <laughs> I think Nikki Devlin's gonna be a really solid, solid introduction <laughs> to the team, but perhaps won't catch enough eyes to be player of the year candidate. Um Leighton Clarkson. And we'll really struggle to keep a hold of him past this summer coming. I think uh yeah, I think just measuring this award by who's winning the player of the year award at the Aberdeen awards do at the end of the season. Um, I think all being well, still being here, I think Duke's only going to get better and better. And off the basis of that two-second clip on the ABZ Football Podcast Twitter page <laughs> of him absolutely fucking bodying the number five at Charlton, I cannot wait to start seeing him all over again. And I think he's going to score even more goals and do even more incredible things. And he will be our player of the season. The breakout star. For Aberdeen. Now, last season we said that, Mason. That's Hancock. had nearly fifty thousand views, by the way, at this moment in time. That clip was just madness. Never mind. Well, anyway. I'm res- I'm responsible for about a thousand of them. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, sorry. Don's breakout star. Don's sorry. breakout star. Now, last season we gave this. Well, we predicted Mason Hancock. <laughs> now, um, that's that didn't really work out too well for Mason. So, uh, t- make your pick carefully on this one. This it feels like it could be the equivalent of Graham getting a name on the back of his shirt. It definitely is. What's the what 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 is the criteria here for breakout star though? Right? Well, are we talking we talk about a young player breaking through? Because I don't think necessarily. I mean, I think we've got a number of players that if they came and had a good season, we could definitely okay label them as breakout stars or players that maybe you just didn't expect to have be have like a big contribution, but they turn out to be key key part of the Aberdeen team. I'm torn between three right now. Um, Ross Dewan. Jack McKenzie. Oof. Oh, we're off to a bad start. <laughs> um, who I thought did okay at Charlton. And, and now I go, maybe, maybe. Uh, Dante Povara or Shaden Morris. I'm going to say Dante Povara. Yep. Yeah. Mm, I'll go, I'll just go, I'll just go Morris. Shaden Morris. Yeah, this is his season. What's the Morris I'm thinking about we had years ago who didn't actually play? Callum. Callum Morris, thank you. There we go. A fine line of Morrises. Esther Sokler. Going to come up with some big moments. 
The Don's top scorer, Graham, you've already said Duke. Yep. Guy, I think you've... Did you say Miofsky? Well, Miofsky finishes top scorer in the league, so by default, he must be by top. By default, he must be top scorer. Um, I think Duke's going to score even more goals this season than he did last year, uh, surpassing Miofsky by one or two. So, Duke for me. Lovely stuff. The Scottish football flop of the season. Um, Jim Goodwin. Uh, well, that, that does actually fit into my prediction because he's getting sacked in September. So... That could very well work out. Uh, I'm going to say this new striker that Rangers have signed. I was about to say him, Danilo. I was, I was going to be my... Um, I, actually, no. Jack Butland. He'll single-handedly be the reason that Aberdeen's... Well, not single-handedly, because Aberdeen will be fucking immense, but he'll have a number of howlers, which will mean that we end up finishing second. Jack Butland. See, Graham, working his way. Look at his mind. Trying to I think of other players to... that exist within the league. It's not happened, is it? Hibs have been linked with some as a striker for some sort of astronomical sum, like oh, seven hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. That's not JC. happened. It's not, not happened, has it? Because I'm going to say that's where it'll, that'll be the flop. Because he's probably looked at it and gone, "Hang on, they got beat by who?" Well, yeah, that's probably why it's not. But but they did cite Adam Lafondre, who, according to Lee Johnson, is a bit like Sergio Aguero. He never said that. Well, he is, as in he's presumably got four fingers and a thumb on each hand. He never said Adam that. Lafondra. It's a kind of thing Sergio you can see Aguero. <clears throat> Football Scotland. Lee Johnson reckons Hibbs transfer signing Adam Lafondra is their version of Sergio Aguero. The manager reckons the former Reading striker has a similar style. Similar style as in like clothing style or hairstyle? I don't know what I don't know what comparisons you could sensibly make between Lafondra and we Aguero. had a double session on Friday and lots of mileage in the legs you can see the quality Lafondra's got in terms of the link players touch his movement is excellent he's a bit like Sergio Aguero for us yikes it's all there I can remember well in that case that has to be the flop of the season Lee Sergio Johnson. Aguero yeah no Aguero he's gonna flop <laughs> Adam Aguero <laughs> Adam Le Aguero <laughs> anyway. um the, well, I mean, I guess this kind of fits into that one. So let's skip that one. The Mark Bittigetti Award. And no, this no, the is... Jack, no, 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 the Jack Gurr Memorial Award isn't. That's that. That was that was tied into Aberdeen players. Oh, was it? Yeah. Speaking oh. of which, the Jack Gurr Memorial Award is really funny this week because Jack Gurr did something, I think, in the week in whatever league it is he plays in. And somebody online tagged us in a tweet about it. It was clearly meant to be about a nod, nod, wink, wink. Ha, ha, ha. How funny is this about Jack Gurr? And then Jack Gurr liked it. And that's funny. Because it's funny. Anyway, the Jack Gurr Memorial Award is awarded to the player who has had the least spectacular impact on the Aberdeen season. Oh, well, in that case, um, Bajawin, if he stays. <laughs> How brutal is that? I know, I know, which I don't, I actually don't take any, not that I would take any pleasure in Aberdeen player failing but you were smiling still, while you said it if he hangs around given sort of that fall from grace that's it's hard of, it's hard it's to in the bag yeah um uh, given the absence of any clear information um if Reese Williams doesn't play <laughs> uh Jack, Jack McKenzie what has he done to you I know he's, I'd like to know he's he's played a lot of not very good football for Aberdeen mainly Oh, yeah, but he's not. He's unfortunately in quite a large sample size, and he is. But thankfully, but th thankfully, by this point, we've kind of got rid of quite a lot of them. And you know, jeez. Anyway, Gav, come on, let's be positive this season. Come on, come on. It's the start of a new campaign. Let's be positive. 
I'm going to say there will be no winner of the Jack Garman Memorial Award this season because oh. everyone will fucking smash it. Okay. Next. I look forward to revisiting that at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> no, this time next week. And finally, <laughs> and finally, for best shot stopper, for best GK in the league, the Mark Berrigate Award. Ironically titled, we should point out. No, no, completely serious. What a guy. Uh, Left a massive impression on me. I'm, uh, I'm picking Dave Marshall. <laughs> He's been absolutely murder today. So that's, that's my pick. Uh, will be the top man behind the sticks. Behind the sticks? Between the sticks? I hope he's not behind the sticks. That's 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 how, that's, that's how a, good. That's a, that's a very bad starting position. I thought this yeah. was supposed to be for worst keeper. No, no, no. This we're saying it's ironically titled. It's oh. for best keeper in the league. In that case, I might have to change. He picks my up prediction. the picks up the golden gloves. The Mark Birgitti Award. I thought you were going full blown like Christian Ramirez, top Aberdeen player again with that prediction. <laughs> Kelrus because of his form from behind the sticks. Kelrus, yeah, but made some very good saves against Charlton. Actually, looks like he's in good nick. So, gonna take it and then fuck off to Sunderland for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we roll. Are you still sticking with David Marshall, Graham? Now yeah, you understand the concept. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> David Marshall saves Lee Johnson from getting the sack. Yes. Anyway, that rounds things up. They're locked or loaded. That's it. That's enough of this half, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Join us after the break as we're joined by Jake from the Amavi podcast to preview the return of the cinch Scottish Premiership as we travel to the Tony Mac for our season opener. This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast is brought to you in association with Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. And Siberia Bar and Hotel are pleased to announce the introduction of their new venture introducing Doe & Co brand new fresh handmade donuts coming to you from Belmont Street Aberdeen opening in the summer of 2023 just in time for a new season and European nights Welcome back to the ABZ Football Podcast. Now, before we move on to our preview of the season opener against Livingston, a quick shout out to those of you who continue to make your contributions to the Beer and Coffee Fund this week, including Jim Boyle. Jimbo! <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh a lot more than I was expecting. Never mind. We see you. You're, we acknowledge you. Your bread is appreciated. If you'd like to help us keep fuel the beers or coffee, or realistically, um, it actually goes to other stuff, which we'll talk about in a minute. Head on I like the stuff you've been chugging tonight. Yes. Some of those predictions, fucking hell. Um, if you'd like to share us a beer or coffee, head on over to ko-fi.com forward slash ABZ football podcast. Link is in the description. Share us that beer or coffee. It's much appreciated. But more seriously, um, realistically, what we do with the donations coming to the Beer and Coffee Fund are effectively the pay for the running costs of the show. So podcast hosting fees, which actually do cost a thing. Um, Google Drive storage and all that type of malarkey but what we're going to do and this is something we're going to quickly plug here just now so people are aware of it gav's just grimacing what don't know doing? why what are, what are we doing what are we doing so we've been toying with the idea about doing this for a while we'd, we well we'd actually been toying with doing something completely different from this but because of the way that the fixtures rolled out towards the start of the season what we initially had what to do had to go by the wayside but instead we're going to do a live podcast 
from Siberia after the Celtic game on Sunday the 13th of August. I think it's the right date. So it's a 12 o'clock kickoff, I think, or 12.30, whatever it is, which means we'll hopefully be at Siberia for around 2 o'clock, thereabouts, to kick off proceedings. The live podcast from Siberia um, will reflect on the game that we've just watched against Celtic, but even more importantly, we'll have a fourth live open microphone available for you, the ABZ Football Podcast Solar System. If you're in town after the game, head up to Siberia, come and join us, come and have a chat with us, give us your thoughts about what you've just seen, how you think the first couple of games have gone at that point, looking ahead to, I think we'll be coming up to our first European match, I think that following week, so we can talk about that. Come and join us, uh, join us, join us all for this. Um, the guys at Siberia are hopefully going to get like sort out something as well that'll help you entice a few more people along then so let's say probably about a two o'clock kickoff i think for this to work and we'll double check this and know about it for next week you'll probably have to have the pod bean app on your phone if you want to listen live as it happens um we'll firm that up over the next week or so but put it in your diary if you're up for coming to have a chat with us um we don't bite too much it's normally gavin who's being an antsy wanker on twitter um like i say we'll have well, that is, there now that is fake news <laughs> we'll have the fourth mic open available ready for you to come and chat and this is what i was talking about this is stuff that like the, the bean coffee fund actually goes to funding equipment and stuff for us to be able to do something like this next sunday so we really appreciate people who chip in to it because it makes all of that worthwhile it lets us bring you new content um on a weekly basis and lets you bring us hopefully something a little bit different and then if this is a bit of a success we'll maybe try and run this a little bit more frequently as the season goes either pre-match preview live pods from the bar or potentially post-matches when they announce. So we're quite looking forward to it, eh, boys? And if nothing else, it'll mean we don't have to do a Sunday night recording. Yep. No, I think you could be try something different. It's always good to meet fellow dandies. Fingers crossed we're all in high spirits. Um, and it's always good just to get different points of views and everyone's got different experiences of watching the, the dawns when they started and what eras they've been through. So, yeah, looking forward to it. May as well try something different and... What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, no. In in all seriousness, I'm looking forward to getting down and chatting about what that victory is going to mean for our quadruple chances. So there we go. Lovely stuff. Sunday, 13th of August, around two o'clock. We'll firm up on the details next week. Live from Siberia on Belmont Street, post-match after the game against Celtic. Come and join us. And if you can't come and join us, listen in live via Podbean. We'll give you all the details for that next week. Um, and what we might even do is obviously we'll open up the Twitter solar system as well in case we don't have contributors with us live in the bar that we can at least talk through their thoughts as we go. So please keep an eye on that. Let's make it a thing. And like I say, we'll try and do more, uh, more of these as we go through the season. And then obviously before we come up to the Livingston preview, the return of the cinch means the return of the ABZFP Fantasy Football Scotland League. Head to the Fantasy F- scotland app via google or via the apple fucking iStore whatever the fuck it's called these days the app is way better than the apple ice the iStore i don't use i don't use you didn't i don't know what you're talking about you didn't wave your phone at me sorry the apple (laughs) iStore is it the apple store i don't know what it's called these days um download the app it's way better than it was last season trust us the ABZFP League is on the front page of the league section. Join us. You don't need a code right of that. Get fired then. Just remember, none of them. And that's both, and that's both of them. 
both of them. I had somebody message, Graham Sinclair messaged us this week asking, he, his concern was because last year this was easy because you could enter different teams in different leagues. But this year it's back to the ordinary one where you just have one team and you just enter it multiple leagues. Now his concern was he was entering multiple leagues and he didn't want to have the situation whereby he could compete against people in this one. So therefore he wanted to put Tavernier into his team. Fucking boo, right? But therefore he couldn't compete in the Aberdeen. So do we maybe amend the rules this year? So instead of deducting points from people who put, I never thought of it that way because yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Never thought that uh, whilst it works for our petty rules, obviously, basically, it excludes you from competing in any other league that you want into your team in because everyone else will have them. So So maybe you can't get by it. So what we can do is we can flip it on its head, right? So you can put them into your team if you want to for the purposes of competing in a different league, but teams within our league who have not used any players from them through the course of the season will activate a bonus tranche of points of what we what will we say a thousand points <laughs> <laughs> what's a fair number but, well that sounded very ambiguous i might just say so <laughs> um, what's a fair number of I points think, to I throw think, in I think, I think we're now just rigging this league that we all win no i i won't, i still won't win it have you looked at my team i think we um, need to have a we have a think about this and yeah, might need to have a round table on this. Okay, we'll yeah. take a round table on it through the course of yeah. the week, which which basically we'll, uh, means we'll throw a couple of ideas at each other on WhatsApp and then go fuck it, that'll do. We'll take yeah. it to the booking committee. Okay, fine. Let's do it. Who's got the pencil this week? Anyway, right, let's move on then. So keep an eye on Twitter. We'll we'll talk about it. Honestly, we will. Right, let me see the preview. Return of the cinch. The trip to the spaghetti had on Saturday to face the Lions of Livingston. West Lothian, of course, famous for their big cats. The Dons haven't won a Livy since August 2021. Jack McKenzie, Gavin, with his last-minute winner, sparking scenes of delight. Graham was on the pitch side as the Dons went two for two under Stephen Glass. Glass ball, of course, the frontrunner to the Zebri ball. Since then, it's been two two 2-1 defeats in West Lothian, the latter of which came in November last year in hilarious circumstances, I'm sure we'd all agree. Um, the Dons with overall a winning record at the Tony Mack in the league. The sides have played each other 15 times in the league at um, the view. Seven wins for Aberdeen, five draws, three defeats. Livy, of course, finishing last season in eighth position. And in a way, they probably threw away a spot in Europe because they were well on course for it early on in the campaign. Joel Newbley was the top scorer for Olivia last season with seven, Bruce Anderson with six. Nicky Tevlin was their top assist provider on five. I wonder what happened to him. Rock solid centre back for a better team up north, I guess. <laughs> Indeed. A few departures from Davy Martindale's team. Uh, Nicky Devlin, obviously, we just talked about club captain. Coming north to Aberdeen, Stefan Omionga joining a team in Israel, the top flight who I cannot pronounce. Jackson Longridge going to Hamilton Aki's Jay's Cabia. Was he ex Norwich? Do I have that? Is that right? Um, I don't think so. I think he spent time with Falkirk last year. Okay, anyway, well, he's gone to Cork City. Jack Hamilton's gone to Wraith Rovers. Jack Fitzwater and Brian Schwack have left without picking up a club at the time of recording, which is quite surprising for Jack Fitzwater. I thought he'd probably pick up a Scottish, I thought he'd pick up a gig with somebody in the SPFL by this point, but never mind. Um, Incoming for Livy, Mikey Devlin on a free transfer from Hibs. I'm looking at two people recoiling in horror on this call right now off the back of that. Michael Nottingham, who's a centre-half coming from Accrington Stanley. Miles Welch-Hayes coming from Harrogate Town. And Mo Sangari also coming in from Accrington. So 
compared to Livingston's usual transfer turnover, this has actually been quite a subdued summer so far for Livingston. There were rumours about Bruce Anderson early in the window heading to, was it Georgia? Yeah. Yeah, Georgia. Um, But that seems to have subsided. That was Georgia, Europe, not Georgia in the United States. He wasn't moving to Atlanta United. Not not Cobb County, Georgia. No, (laughs) who cut with the big boss man? Um... <laughs> Gav's probably tickled by himself. Oh that yeah. No, well, that, well, that wouldn't work because he's dead. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, fairly comfortable passage in the League Cup for Livy. Three wins and a draw in Group C. A three 0 win at Breakin City. A one one draw with Hamilton Ackies. Although they did lose the the penalty kicks there. A five 0 win against Cove Rangers and then a one 0 win over Clyde on Saturday, which sees them into the next round, where they have been drawn with a home tie against Air United. So. It's early in the campaign, obviously. There's little really to talk about in terms of stats, setup, etc. like we normally do. Let's be honest, though. We all know what we're going to get from Livingston, don't we? Yeah, I mean, you can literally take in any one of our previews to the Livingston games over the last two seasons and just drop it in right here. Um, I think we're, we're about to talk to Jake in a few moments. Um, I think he made the good point that last summer there wasn't also that level of turnover, but the key thing was that they retained um, a lot of their other big players this season. Obviously Devlin is a big loss. Omionga's a name that I always think of when I think of the last couple of years um, and Jack Fitzwater, just uh, for example there. And from the sounds of it, you know, Livingston are in a real mess from a financial perspective. So the only way they're going to bring players in is to sell off some of their, of their better players. Um, Anderson, you talked about the Georgia move. A transfer was accepted. He decided not to go. Uh, Nublia, I assume, is probably going to be a sought-after player as well. Um, I, I do. I fear for Livingston this year. I really do. Um, so, and with all that being said, it's not the ideal first game of the season for me because I think they will still be... Um, I think they'll be fighting for their lives. And if we maybe got them in October, November, when the stuffing has been knocked out of them a little bit more, I think this is maybe going to be a bit of an easier game, but up first, yeah, it'll be it'll be a challenge for sure. But I look at the players they've let go and the general feeling that appears to be around the club, and then you look at the players they've brought in. I mean, none of those players scream superstar to me. It's very much shopping in the bargain basement. So hopefully, from our perspective, um, we can just go there. We seem like we're in pretty good nick from a fitness perspective. Hopefully have one or two more bodies in the door, ready to go. And we can get the league campaign off to a really good start and exercise some of the demons because we've put in some really shocking performances at, at the spaghetti had in the last couple of years. Yeah, I think I would agree with, with that. I think relative squad strengths, ours is better anyway, I would say based on last season and certainly hasn't got any worse. Hopefully it's improved, <clears throat> but it sounds like, I know they've got some new signings, but without being too disrespectful. They're not exactly coming from footballing powerhouses, are they? So I guess you know what you're going to get, as in... Hibs come on. Well, yeah, the treatment table. So you'll put in a shift, etc. <laughs> but it feels like their their squad's probably worse than it was last season in terms of the quality. Um, and if we can just sort of pick up pretty much where we left off with our attacking threat, I think we'll have too much for them. I mean... It's it's going to be it's one of these funny ones, isn't it, for Livingston? Because then you know we've got a massive Aberdeen traveling support once again uh, going down to to this one. 
it's going to be pretty much like a home game in fairness because by the amount of Aberdeen fans are going to be there compared to Livingston fans. Um, but we do seem to struggle there in recent seasons. The pitch, I don't know what the weather's meant to be like next week. The pitch is probably one of the, well, let's, let's call it a suboptimal. I don't want to blame the pitch in its entirety, but it's not a pitch that plays well when it's dry, put it that way. Um, if it's a bit stuffy next week, that can make it quite tricky for us, I think. Um, could be interested to see how we get going because Livy are not going to be particularly expansive. They're not going to come out and try to play, are they? So they're going to try and keep it tight. They're going to try and make it stuffy. It will be interesting to see if we've got enough in our locker already this early in the campaign to kind of pick apart a team like that and deal with that rather than playing against a team who might be a little bit more expansive. Just to go back to that point about the pitch, that's what's got me recoiling in horror is the idea of Michael Devlin running on that plastic pitch. It's uh, brings to mind the me- memories of that movie. Um, Samuel L. Jackson's character in Unbreakable, the one who's like he permanently gets injured and permanently breaks anytime that anything touches him with Devlin's p- history. Yikes. Um, I mean, the pitch is what it is. I mean, we had a decent enough record there before. We uh we brought Glass and Cohen in, in into the into the equation. I'm staggered to learn that our record is actually that good at at the spaghetti he had because I just keep thinking back to the days of Steve Patterson when we just felt like we played Livingston every other week and we usually got hammered. Mainly in the cups so, that happened. And yeah. Mainly mainly <laughs> Yeah, that's also true. They did have the number ones there. Um, I don't think the pitch had anything to do with the well, definitely the game in in January, December November. when we came back from the World Cup. November. So November before the World Cup. Yeah, I mean that was that was just a terrible Aberdeen team. And that was, that was awful. The pitch. Awful performance. Although not either help not help either by the referee that evening, um, or or by VAR actually at that point. The, the some of the penalties that evening were shocking. But our performance overall first half was terrible. Yeah, and we were definitely beneficiaries of that VAR uh, decision making as well, if I remember rightly. Yes. Um, yes. I just think yeah, it's we know what the challenge is going to be. I think by Robson proved last season that he's definitely capable of getting the club, getting the team motivated for these kind of challenges more so than probably glass or good when we're able to do so. Um, I just think, you know, go there, stamp your authority. They've Livingston have done well by all counts in the league cup. They've, they've done what's been expected of them. And that's, it's easy to write that off as being what they should do, but you've seen with other clubs, that's not as easy as it sounds, but I just think with the relative quality of the team's, yeah, we go there, stamp our authority. We should win this game fairly comfortably. And that's what I think is going to happen. Right. Anyway, that's about as much as we can do about Livingston right now. Because like I say, the sample size for the season is incredibly limited. We can't do our usual deep dive into what the opposition are going to do. But let's get the Livingston perspective. So we caught up with Jake from the Almond View podcast to get his thoughts of the game next Saturday. Jake from the Almond View podcast. How's it going, mate? Long time no see. Hello, yes, very good, very good. How are you lads, you okay? Great mate, great. Gav? I'm ready to go. Um, <laughs> I'm delighted that the uh, the diddy part of the Scottish football season is over and we can get down to the real stuff. <laughs> I know. I love it, I love Jake. it. We get a few Ws. <laughs> you looking forward to the return of much cinch goodness? <laughs> I don't know man. Um, yeah, I am, I am, but it's almost like... You know, you've got a season coming up, you know that there's going to be points where you're going to be feeling great as a Livy fan and a lot of points of you feeling really terrible about it. It's such a roller coaster of being a Livingston fan. To be honest, it's a roller coaster sport in any Scottish football team, I guess. 
Um, so I am looking forward to it, but yeah, I'm not not quite sure how, <laughs> how the season's going to go on. Quickly, because we never got a chance to talk to you boys after um, Goodman left last season, because the way the fixtures all panned out, we never, I don't think we spoke to you guys um, after that, and then obviously we ended up in, yeah. in separate halves of the league. Just what your general thoughts about how last season ended up for Livy? Because for me, on the outside looking in, it feels like you guys really threw away a, a great opportunity to finish in one of the European spots, I felt. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, it was disappointing. It was disappointing, but it kind of happens. It's quite a kind of repetitive story with Livingston. We have a, a spell of where we started doing really great and it almost feels like teams forget how to play us for like two months and then they go, oh, wait a minute. I know how we beat Livy again. And they just remember and we start having a total shit run of form. Um, so it was disappointing, man, but like, I don't know, I think if you spoke to me when we first started doing this podcast, I would have been absolutely furious about it, but I think just in the grand scheme, we've just got to be happy that we're, we weren't in any relegation problem, we could, we're in, a, we're in another season in Premiership, uh, you know, at the moment it looks like we're holding on to our, you know, best players, I don't see them staying <laughs> for much longer, so I'm not sure how this season's going to go, but listen, we have we have doubters even with our own support before every single season and not that never changes and they always seem to surprise us so who knows how we're going to get on this season i guess um as well when the fixture computer spits out aberdeen at home opening day thoughts (laughs) (laughs) great Uh, i don't know man we we um we always seem to have quite like a bad start like which kind of makes our form pretty bad start with then things start picking up as we play you know, more teams that are probably going to be in the lower half of the season. Um, oh, you know, I'm quite excited about it. I, I'll be honest, with, with Aberdeen, when we're playing Aberdeen at, at home, you just don't really know how you guys are going to show up. Um, sometimes it can be, you can totally pump us or we can kind of, you know, it can be a horrible scrappy game. First game of the season, I'm thinking it's going to be the latter. Um, so I wouldn't say... Um, I was totally raging about it, but I'm most excited. It's going to be Nicky Devlin's first game back is, uh, at the Tony Mac, which is pretty, which is pretty funny. So it will be interesting to see how he's uh, how he's received. I really hope it's with you know open arms again because he's such a, such a good guy and such a servant for the club. But you know, you just never know with any football teams before, really. Absolutely, that's how these things always work out. If I may, just out of interest, Jake. Um, yeah. Does Nicky Devlin have much in the way of experience of playing centre back? So that's what <laughs> we appear we might need him to do. <laughs> uh, he's played. Feel free uh, to lie, I, by the way. Yes, he plays all the time at centre back. No, he plays when we play something's played at back three against uh, the old firm. We would play him right hand side of the three, and then we'd play another wing back, which he has done. Don't think very successfully. Uh, but Livingston, well, that, but that's not that's not really his fault because we always play three at the back against Rangers or Celtic. That's completely only practice and training that week, and it never seems to work out. So I don't think that's totally his fault. Um, but man, he'd play anywhere. I yeah. think he would like he's that kind of guy. Well, I mean, we've been playing him in pre-season now because of injuries in the centre of the back three. So um, it's been wow. interesting thing for how's, him how's as well. It, how's it gone? Is uh, you know, uh, it's not his fault either, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I think against wow. Preston last week, we looked a bit all over the place, but then it was the first time the three had ever played together like that. Um, mm-hmm. it was Professor Devlin in the center with Jack McKenzie on the left and a young kid called Jack Milne on the right. They did it again oh. at Charlton yesterday in the first half, we looked really good, but um, 
yeah, I, I don't think it's it's not clearly where we decided to sign Nicky Devon to play. It's very much a case of just trying to you know hope for the best. I think there, and you've, you've stuck the most experienced guy in between two kids still. So yeah, yeah that'll be interesting. That's that's odd. So are you are you guys struggling for? Defenders at the moment? Yeah, Angus McDonald's injured, as is Reese Williams, and we're actively trying to recruit new centre backs, but it's just been a long, long old process, especially when you're dealing with the kind of markets that we're trying to recruit from. So, um, yeah. And I think it tells you a lot about how um, Barry Robson feels about our captain from last season, Anthony Stewart, and where he stands in the pecking order. That uh, Is he still at the club? He is still at the club, yes. He is very much. I watched the highlights from Charleston. He's definitely still here. <laughs> okay, and Jake's laughing here. about the fact he's still here. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, uh, to be fair, I only watched Aberdeen maybe just by chance, and you're in the, the bad the bad times just because it was on telly. And I, and even when he played, when you pumped us uh, when I mean, when I we met you guys, even then I didn't even think he was that good. <laughs> and you're like absolutely smoked us. So yeah, I'm surprised he was still there because if I was him, I would have just gone right, put my hands up. It didn't work out. <laughs> Um, it's funny you said that what you said a minute ago about Aberdeen's recent record at the Tony Mac as well it's not great um, we've not won there since I think it was the second game of the 2021-22 season Jack McKenzie with the goal thanks to Max Strytek 2-1 um, two, yeah. two defeats oh, yeah. since then um, <laughs> I remember that I remember that one yeah um, not as like Livy I always associate year on year with like loads of turnover of players like every yeah. close season but it doesn't feel like it's quite as Severe this year. I mean, there's, there's also been some departures. Um, Nicky yeah. Devon, we've spoken about. Stefan Omoyonga has disappeared. Uh, and then you've got guys like Jackson Longridge, Jason Cabia, Jack Hampton, and then Jack Witz, Fitzwater and Brian Schwack all leaving. Um, incoming, Mikey Devlin. Um, has he played yeah, yet? He, he play, uh, he's, he's our captain. I think he's been captain for wow. like three, four games. Is that just because you had like a Devlin captain's armband already made up? And it's like, he'll do. Even funnier, we're playing him at right back. <laughs> oh fuck! You're not, are you? Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, so I've I've not been able to make a game just with uh, so many of my friends annoyingly and uh, invite me to their f- weddings for full days. Uh, so I've missed. I know, honestly, wankers. Eh? tough. I know, wanks. Um, so I've missed. I've missed a lot of but from speaking to the guys. Yeah, I think Devlin has been playing uh, on the right hand side, which I thought was pretty odd. But I think we actually have been playing. Um, a bit of a back three and we're trying that out for the season which I've always been kind of for um, not just doing that against Rangers or Celtic as I kind of mentioned earlier so I think he's going to probably be the right hand side of the three um, I've, I've not heard it's not been terrible but I've not been conceding a lot so hopefully it's going to work but we'll just have to see how that kind of works out because the guys I mean he was quite an odd signing for us I mean because he, I mean, he, he, was, he was his best performances were at Aberdeen right? I would dare say Hamilton. <laughs> so Gav, Gav is not a Mikey Devlin fan, right? Let's right. let's put this out here right now. Okay, but okay, okay. Even regardless, <laughs> he just he never got going to even have a chance to show what he could do. At Aberdeen, he played very, very little in the space of what four years. He had very, he played Scott very little. Caps. I thought he got his Scotland cap when he was at Aberdeen. He did. There was a, there was a brief period <laughs> of time where he, he and Scott McKenna were playing together. Yeah, and they looked they looked good together, and then Devlin just had. That was when Devlin the start of the injuries happened. In fact, I think he got injured when he was in Scotland duty, um, and that was it. After that, yeah. like he was just completely wrecked. And I was kind of surprised he went to live just given the nature of his injuries. I thought playing weekend, well, every second week on an Astro might not mm. be the best move for this guy, given his knees are not, you know, well, they're made of 
insert something brittle, I think. Um, <laughs> so I was kind of surprised by it. And, he had, and he's played very little football. Um, yeah. But I guess he's from he's from Central Belt, so it makes sense for him. Um, he's probably a bit mm-hmm. closer home. Um, he'd obviously just been released by Hibs, etc. But let's move yeah. on from 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 uh, Mikey Devlin anyway, because mm-hmm. pretty comfortable passage in the League Cup for you guys. Three wins and a draw in Group C. Yeah. A 3-0 win at Breaking City. A 1-1 draw with Hamilton, uh, losing the spot kicks there. A 5-0 win. Up in Aberdeen against Cove Rangers and then a yep. one 0 win over Clyde. On Saturday into the next round, a home tie against Air United this evening. I mean, that's the bare minimum, isn't it, for the Premiership team in these group stages just to make sure you come through it. I mean, you've seen what's happened since yeah. Johnston and Dundee already. So it's yeah. hard to read it's still hard, do you think, to read too much into those results? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, at, at the moment, like listen, you got the got the job done. These games can be pretty tricky. Um you know there are upsets. Upsets always at the hubs there, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really. I think the best result we could have got was playing Air United in the next round, uh, especially when I think there was like five balls left, and I'm sure Rangers and Celtic were still in it. Um, so yeah, no, I can't. I'm trying not to be. Our new thing, especially now with your podcast, is just trying to be as positive as possible. Although Livingston were very quick to expect more mm. from the team. And I think this year is going to be our toughest year because of us just having zero, zero money. And there's been like our main sponsor pulled out. We had to get a new sponsor. There's just, there's, I think, a lot going on uh, at the moment uh, in Livy, just the things coming up that we definitely need to sell a couple more players to even bring any more people in. But David does well in the market. He's still bringing people in. I've not heard anyone come in that we've thought has been amazing just yet. Um, but like I said, staying positive. Hopefully they, they kick on for the start of the season, but who knows. Goals last season seemed like the big problem um, for Livy. Yeah. Uh, Joel Nubley was top scorer on seven. I think Bruce Anderson had six in the league. Um, yeah. There was some chat as well early in the summer about Bruce Anderson being like, when I move abroad, which seems to have quietened down now. Yeah. Um, do you, do you expect that still to be maybe a bit of a challenge for Livingston? Just I think Martindale's default setting does appears to always be to me to not lose games. He's never that adventurous. Yeah. Do you think still think up at the other end of the park's gonna be still the, the big problem? We we need we need a new striker for sure. I think we need a new striker. Unfortunately, I think we need to either lose Nubley or Anderson to get a new one, which makes no sense. Uh, we've got a guy called Curtis Guthrie, uh who, who's up front at the moment. And um yeah, Povey in the in the podcast like kind of <laughs> didn't fall out with him at the play of the year, but I think uh, he was like Povey was talking to one player and he mentioned something about about Obelai's defending or something to Curtis Guthrie, and then Curtis Guthrie like he was chatting to Obelai, Curtis Guthrie just ran up to Obelai and said he was like talking shit about his defending, totally grasped him in. So like he Curtis Guthrie is not the album view favourite, especially not with uh, Povey after being grasped on. So. <laughs> he's not the answer but he probably had a great game yesterday which is against Clyde so uh, <laughs> yeah so who knows um, yeah I, I, it's very tricky I don't I don't know if Bruce is that kind of happy being here he's played a lot more at the moment he didn't play as much last season and we were couldn't believe that he wasn't starting some games he's been amazing he's such a good wee guy we, we got him with him really really well Um yeah, I tried to set him up with some of my work the other day, which was quite funny, but it didn't it didn't really work didn't really work out. <laughs> <laughs> it was just quite weird. She like weirdly knew him. I was just like, and I was like speaking, I was like, you know this girl? He was like, I get me a date. And I was like, right, no bother, Bruce. It didn't work. Again, didn't, didn't didn't work out. I don't know how much game he's got. 
not as good as his goal scoring. Um, but yeah, sorry, I went a bit of a ramble there. But yeah, we need we need someone else, I think, to really stick, especially because I, I think Nubly will probably be away. Um, Stephen, Stephen Kelly scored a lot of goals for us last season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's going to be, he was like, he won pretty much every single award and the player of the year for us. Um, so he's probably going to be our talisman uh, again, hopefully. Um, but we need all the help we can get. I don't, but in this market, finding a striker is tough, especially on our budget. It's going to be, it's going to be good. Absolutely. I mean, Jake, since Livingston have come back into the league, I've never feared for you guys at all in terms of struggling at the bottom end of the table. From the outside looking in, it does seem like there's a lot of kind of doom and gloom surrounding Livingston. Um, and Liam, yes. whenever we speak to him, always says to us that 11th is a good season and anything beyond that is a bonus. Yeah. For, your, for yourself, I mean, how are you looking at this season? What is, what's your aims for it? Normally, any other season, I'm talking, I think, top six, and we should have every right to be going for top six. This year, just with everything going on, I think survival is absolutely key. And I'll be honest, I reckon if we get relegated this season, I don't know how long we'll survive especially just with the way the world is, you know, even the, like, even like the banks and all these like things, they're saying they're struggling, never mind small football clubs, but under a thousand season ticket holders. So I think it's purely, purely survival. That's the main thing. If we've got to play utter dog shit football to scrape results, we've got to do it this season more than, more than ever, which is so depressing <laughs> after so much positivity, like, coming through for the last few seasons when I definitely thought top six was the right thing to go for because I felt especially I felt last season we kept a, it's the first season we really kept a squad David really cemented yeah. the, the amount of same players in we felt we were, I was like we were playing at points the best football I've seen as play since being in the premiership but it still didn't quite work out so this season I don't even mind if we play the worst granny football football shit ever as long as we, we scrape terrible results no more pumpings off Aberdeen's bleed so just <laughs> yes, it'll be alright have you seen St Johnston so far this season I mean yeah I don't ever rate Dundee that highly um, either St Johnston really chucking it I don't think County have had a great um, pre-season either getting, full, getting new guys in so hopefully we'll be Kelly pretty up and down as well um I predicted us another really scrappy, like since Premiership, yeah. all throughout, up and down. One minute you're eight, one minute you're third. <laughs> it's the banter league for a reason, isn't it? Like I look at Dundee. Dundee are going to be either like really good, right, or yeah. they're going to be absolute dog meat. Like there, there will be yeah. no middle ground with Dundee this season. I don't think. Yeah. No, um, but it's good. St. Johnston appears to be early runners for like the cinchest cinch team of the year. So. And it's about time they took the drop. They've been kind of circling the drain for a little while now. Yeah. Yeah, last season, I thought they were pretty bad. They're the worst team in the league I watched last season against us. Um, they just don't seem to, like, make any... They need a whole new pool of players. <laughs> like, relying on Stevie May for the last... Was he, how long have you been there for? Like, six years, seven years? I thought, God knows. Oh, well, it seems like forever. I can confirm relying on Stevie May for goals is a very bad idea. <laughs> Exactly, because you guys know better than me for sure. Yes, wow. well, we spent four and a grand on him, so yeah, <laughs> no. we love it, mate. We love it. Listen, Jake, we'll let you go because it's Sunday night and you've got better things to be doing than talking to us. But Ventures prediction for Sunday, first eh, for Saturday. Sorry, why did I say Sunday? For Saturday, oh, Saturday, the return of the cinch, the return of the premiership, the return of the greatest league 
on the planet. <laughs> Livingston against Aberdeen. Come on, hit us up, Jake. At the spaghetti think? had. At the spaghetti had. At the spaghetti had. I think maybe up there when the worst games of football people have watched in years. <laughs> and nil-nil, a very frustrated group of dons that come down going, <laughs> why the fuck are we paid for the trip down? Nil-nil, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely miserable all round. Bring it on. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a, cl- it's a clean sheet. I'll take it. <laughs> clean, sheet, clean sheet and a bit of misery chucked in. Perfect. There we go. That's why we should be marketing this league. There we go. Great stuff. Jake from the Almond View. Thanks again for taking the time to join us, mate. All the very best for the rest of the season, except for Saturday, of course. Take care. Cheers, lads. So there we go, boys. Let's wrap things up quickly. Prediction for Saturday. At the Tony Mac, the Cinch is back. Graham, Daddy Mac. Livingston 1, Aberdeen 2. Oh, it's a winning start. Jack McKenzie. Aye, why not? Yeah. To it's... reveal a face of Gav on his t-shirt with like, fuck you, then on it or something like that. Amazing. Great scenes. Gav. Dedicate his goal to Gav. <laughs> um, nil two. A two nil away victory for Aberdeen. Goals coming from Duke. I'm going to go balls out here. Livingston nil, Aberdeen four. The Dons are up and running. Big time. 3-0 at halftime. We're so relaxed we take Tony Stewart in at halftime he scores the fourth. There's no way you're away making work tomorrow with what you've been drinking. <laughs> Looking forward to it. It's just, what have you got in there? Terps or something? <laughs> Positivity, Graham. Positivity. It's all about. Robson's got us playing the Dons are back. I don't think we've made mention of the League Cup draw in this show. What do you want to talk about, Gav? The fact we're playing Sterling Albion again. Away from home against Sterling Albion in the second round of the League Cup. Great to be drawn against the lowest ranked team in left in the competition, isn't it? That couldn't possibly come back to bite us in the arse. Hey, Darren Young's done a great job there. Yeah, he's done a fantastic job. That is not going to be easy. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it is, they are the lowest ranked team, so fingers crossed we can do the job. But it's not going to be nearly as easy as it was uh, last summer when we had to do that whole Diddy thing. And on that bombshell. On that bombshell, Gav, there we go. I think we did talk about it briefly earlier on, but it was just like, it's one of those draws, you're like, nah, it's fine. We'll get to it when we get there. We haven't been drawn away to... Yeah, are you going to go back to the, Are you going to go back to the fourth bank? Uh, I would certainly be tempted. I'm up for it. What's the, what's, what's, what's the pie situation like? Uh, it was over a year ago, I can't remember that. <laughs> I feel like they were running out. I'm pretty sure because I couldn't get what I wanted. I'm Cameron's sure. Britain. I've just seen on Twitter, by the way, just what a headline this is. Meet Bucky. This is, this is topical because it involves Bucky. So it's a headline in the PJ. Meet Bucky's new funeral boss, Embalmer, Laura Wood from Aberdeen. There we go. Why not? Anyway, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the APZ Football Podcast. Hi, Laura. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Please remember to like, subscribe, or follow whatever you might do on your podcast player of choice. Join us next week for episode 117. And I suspect there might be one before then but never mind. Join us for episode 117 of the show. We'll look back on all the news. We'll review our season opener at Livingston and then we'll preview the visit of Celtic to the Northeast for the first home game of the campaign and we'll get all excited about a scoreboard. Look forward to seeing you then. Stand free.
This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast was brought to you in association with Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. Head into the bar, quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pint of Foster's, £4 pint of Moretti, or £5 pint of Fierce any day of the week, including match days. Siberia is open seven days a week, all year round, and the bar is located only 30 seconds walk from the nearest bus stop taking supporters to Stadium for free on match days. Come on, you Reds!